today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts. Let's just say it. The left's been pushing this for a while. Let's just say all white people are racist as they can be. That's what a Brandeis dean of students is saying. Fox News contributor Juan Williams has been fired. 86 shit can kicked down the road. Don't come here no more for work. From the Greg Gutfeld Show. I've got some comments on that. And a shooting by gang members at a rap concert? Who ever heard of such a thing? And yes, the AP actually fired a reporter that needed to be fired. And of course, the media led by idiots like Brian Stelter. Mucho angry. Mucho angry, my friends. All that and a little more. Some surprises, maybe. You never know. Stick with me. Again, my friends, the Delegator Daily Thought Podcast, the most dangerous podcast, especially for liberal or leftist. You will be offended, aggrieved, but hurt. I mean, really, but hurt. Like you can't sit down, but hurt. Guaranteed. But you got to learn to take it, leftist, because I'm not going to stop. And I think most of us are pretty tired of your crap, quite frankly. Let's get right to the AP, the Associated Press. There's a, a story that uh, it's on MSN.com by Rosemary Rossi. And it was uh, put out yesterday. The AP managing editor, editor excuse me, Brian Carviano, justified the firing of junior reporter Emily Wilder earlier this month, telling CNN's Brian Stelter on Sunday that pressure from college conservatives had no influence on the wire service, uh, wire services decision, excuse me. Now, Brian Stelter, as you know, works for CNN. He is the, he's the media's answer to George Costanza, except George Costanza was kind of likable and funny. Stelter's just, uh, well, he's, he's a baked potato. Put some sour cream and, and chives and butter on him. I don't know. Uh, Wilder fired, 
Bowder was fired only a few weeks into her job as a news associate for the Associated Press for what the company called violations of AP social media policy during her time at, again, the AP. Stelter, ever the, the sniffing hound dog for conservative wackiness, pointed out that the timing of Wilder's firing was suspect to many, saying it happened after what critics call bad faith trolling campaign to take down one of your staffers because she didn't have the right point of view in college. Now, again, that's been denied by the AP and, and by the people that Stelter's accusing. But if it did happen, consider, when's the last time you heard Brian Stelter, Mr. Potato Head, say a damn thing about college students or college deans going after people on the right? Constantly, it constantly happens. And Stelter sits there like a potato. Don't talk about both both crazy Trump supporters. They're out there targeting AP reporters. What a douchebag this guy is. Excuse me, I really shouldn't use such language. It's really a disgrace to douchebags. They deserve a better comparison. On May seventeenth, the Stanford College Republicans noticed that Wilder's Twitter account was criticizing the AP's latest hire for tweets dating from our college days that the group said proved her to be an anti-Israel agitator who referred to the late Sheldon Adelson as a naked mole rat. Now, that's an image I really didn't need, frankly, of Sheldon Adelson or a naked mole rat. Especially a naked mole rat with Sheldon Adelson's head on it. Good God. Even worse would be Brian Stelter's head. Uh, Caraviano was quick on the defense saying that would never happen and it didn't happen here. We take care of our people. That This is the Associated Press. He played the AP card, folks, on CNN to the potato. So anyone who thinks that the AP would be cowed by the college Republicans does not know much about the AP. Again, I don't know if if that led into it or not. But if this reporter, well, according to Caraviano, she had a series of social media posts that showed a clear bias toward one side and against another in one of the most divisive and difficult stories that we cover anywhere in the world. It was a difficult decision. It was not an easy decision. And it was not a personal decision. We wish her all the best. So in their opinion, your boss's opinion, your reporter, it doesn't matter which news agency, doesn't matter if you're print, radio, TV, airmail, whatever. If you are taking sides in a story, you're not fit to be, a, you're not a journalist. It's not, it's not fit. You just aren't one. And if you get fired, good. And I don't know if the college Republicans had a thing to do with it or not. But frankly, if someone points out you're not doing your job, and in fact, your boss looks and says, wow, she isn't or he isn't doing their job. And they fire you. Too bad. That's not cancel culture. That's your boss sticking to the principles which you are supposed to live up to as an AP journalist. Now, if CNN could desire him to run the show there, Stelter would be the first to go. And speaking of dimwits on the demise, I got to say, I like Juan Williams. I think he's a very nice person. He seems to be very... uh, very kind person. I, I admire the man for me. He bet he's a good family man, a great father, grandfather, all those things. 
but how do I put it now? Juan Williams is a is as stupid as a tree stump. The man has been shown multiple times that the left has no use for him. I mean, uh, who do you used to work for uh, that fired him? He was on a plane, and and there were some Arabic people. Not not long after nine eleven, and he was there were some Arabic people, and he said in a piece he wrote for them. National Public Radio, NPR, that was it. That it made him feel a little uncomfortable. He got fired for it. So he knows what the left is about. But he's been appearing on the five for a while. And literally, it's almost it almost makes the show unwatchable. A because him and, and Ross Geller, I'm sorry, that's Jesse Waters of Fox, who I can't have decided whether I like the guy or not. He seems like a good guy, but God, he gets obnoxious at times. And the hair, the hair worries me. Hair worries me, but I think he has an un- unclean friends fetish for Ross Geller. If you know what I'm saying, okay, and I think you do. But Jesse Waters, like one, seems to be a, a pretty decent guy, and I like them both, and I wouldn't mind having either for neighbors. But listening to him and Juan go at it on the five was just oh my god, grating, and. The rumor is that Juan Williams is gone because the guy who runs the five, the best entertainer, the best value for your money on Fox right now, as far as a regular, not a contributor, but a regular host is Greg Gutfeld. Man, it's funny. He's entertaining. He makes points and actually makes them without using the same stale, tired, old, used up uh, rhetoric. Thank you, Greg Gutfeld. And I got to admit, Greg reminds me of me because we both have kind of a sarcastic sense of humor. And sometimes we've been known to tell jokes that are kind of, you know, might disturb some people. Maybe we're disturbed. Huh. How about Greg and I doing a show from Disturbed Island? Nah, he'd probably take try to take advantage of me. And he's under six foot, I think. So that would never happen. Uh, Emily Compagno, however could take advantage of me anytime, anywhere. <clears throat> but Juan Williams has moved on. He's not going to be on the five anymore. He announced this, I think, last week. Uh, he said, this is my last day hosting the five. And COVID taught me a lot of lessons. As the show goes back to New- the New York studio, I'll be staying in D.C. I'll be working for Fox out of Washington. My work as a Fox News political analyst will continue. Ugh. Yes. Juan trying to defend the indefensible. It's it's really sad to watch. Somebody will make excellent points. What do you think, Juan? Well, uh, I think, and he, then he launches into some excuse making for, for liberalism. Why don't you just admit, Juan, that liberalism doesn't work anymore? Become a conservative. You're a nice guy. Of course, Brian Stelter took notice, noting that the lone liberal on the five is leaving the show today. Now, sources at Fox News, and sources, who knows, told the Daily Beast that Gutfeld mounted a pressure campaign against Williams inside the network, urging at least one member of Fox's top brass to let Williams go when the show's liberal co-host was reluctant to return to the studio in person. Uh, One network insider told the Daily Beast that Gutfeld has been pushing Albano for a while to get Williams removed from the five, adding that Gutfeld was really pissed. They're not all back in the studio together, and he blames Juan for not being back. 
I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just glad we don't have to listen to Juan on the five anymore. It might actually be watchable again now. And you could see Gutfeld when when Juan would make his absolutely absurd points and try to try to scrape some credibility together for, for leftist positions and excuses for the president, et cetera, et cetera. You could see Gutfeld just uh, you could see the blood pressure rising. And you could tell there was some what I would say, maybe some actual heat. I don't know. But again, Juan's a great guy. Uh, Gutfeld never returns my calls. I'm just saying. And Goody's off the five. He can go to other stuff. And please God to the, the people that run the five who cast it, whoever that is ultimately, don't you dare bring Donna Brazil back. Because she's not even a likable human being to me. Donna Brazil is just lying trash. Juan Williams is a nice guy. Uh, hopefully they'll get somebody, maybe Emily Compagno full-time. Her and Katie Pavlich. And uh, I guess we'll let Jesse Waters stay around with his raw killer hair and Gutfeld, of course. But we need a fifth person for the five. To make the five, you have to have five hosts. And uh, I think there should be a seat right between Pavlich and Compagno. And I'll gladly take it. I'll even work for a month free just to show how much I need to be on that show. See, the five needs me, and I will sacrifice myself and my personal time to help him out. Just saying, Mr. Gutfeld. Love your work. Give me a call. We'll talk. Now on to the next story, folks. And this one is uh, this one is one that bothers me for a very special reason. There was a, I guess it was a week ago, that three gunmen shot up a, uh, according to the media, it's a, uh, a banquet hall. There was a musical concert there. Actually, it was a rap concert. And, of course, rap really doesn't qualify as music. If you ask me, just my opinion. If you like it, hey, more power to you. We need some conservative rappers. Maybe I'd appreciate it more. But three cops, according to the Sun Sentinel, are looking for three gunmen, getaway car, after a mass shooting at a rap concert in Miami-Dade. Thank you, Sun Sentinel, for pointing out the obvious. It was a rap concert. People get shot at rap concerts because rap, the culture of rap, many of the people involved in rap, not condemning everybody in rap. I'm not condemning rap fans or a lot of rap artists who are good people, I'm sure. What I'm saying is there's a lot of thuggery and gangster type stuff. A lot of guns, illegal guns, shootings, crap like that. That uh, really has, has been in the rap culture for too long and it needs to be cleaned up. Because rap is an art form. I appreciate that. I don't like it myself, just like I don't like a lot of paintings I see. But if someone is really looking at it and telling me why it's art to them, okay, good for them. To each his own. Uh, to me, it looks like two pigs made love with red, blue, and yellow, and green, and, and black paint. But to you, it looks like a tree in the ocean, in the environment, whatever. I don't care. Same with rap music. I don't care. But the media has taken such pains to, of course, blame gun violence and not mention that this was at a rap concert and not maybe look into the history of shootings at rap concerts and the kind of, not just the music, not just the lyrics, but a lot of the people involved in rap that have been shot, arrested, charged with multiple crimes. But what happened in, uh, in Miami-Dade early 
earlier, excuse me, three gunmen in ski masks and hoodies ambushed a crowd leaving a rap album release concert. Maybe it could be their 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 rival rapper. Maybe they got a the deal with a record label and they the other one didn't. I don't know. Uh, unleashing a barrage of gunfire, they killed two and injured twenty others in what police said was the worst mass shooting in the country in recent memory. The shooting started shortly after midnight. Miami-Dade Police Director Alfredo Freddy Ramirez said when three shooters armed with handguns and semi-automatic rifles emerged from a white Nissan Pathfinder and fired dozens of bullets indiscriminately into a crowd gathered for a rock excuse me, a rap concert outside the El Mola Banquet Hall near the Country Club of Miami. And thank you, Sun Sentinel, for not using the term assault weapon, assault rifle. No, you call them what they are, some automatic rifles. Thank you for getting facts straight. And thank you for pointing out again that this was a rap concert, a rap album release concert, to be specific. Uh, Ramirez told the Miami Herald that the shooter sat patiently in the vehicle waiting for the target or targets to leave the club before exiting the SUV and taking aim. And then they engaged in what's been called uh, pray and spray, I guess, to spray bullets everywhere. And uh, three of the injured in critical condition, according to police. And I'm not trying to bash you if you like rap. I really, I'm not. But there's a lot of bad elements in the rap community i mean it's it's kind of like saying that if you go to strip clubs and i used to for a brief time i dated a stripper i didn't actually date her i went there with some friends for a birthday and there was she was a little older she's from tennessee had a very nice accent she sat and talked to me and she was as i got to know her she would come over sometimes late at night to the apartments to live when we'd go sit by the pool and I'm not telling you what happened by the pool. I'm just saying we sit by the pool, you perverts. And she would tell me about the adult, what is it, uh, adult dancing establishment, lap dancing and, and nude dancing. Uh, where she worked wasn't nude. It was, wasn't legal in that part of uh, Tampa. I don't think any was. But anyway, because they sold alcohol, basically, they couldn't be naked. But she told me a lot of things that went on and why she was uh, getting, she had been saving her money. She hadn't been doing what a lot of dancers and she was going to retire and move back to Tennessee. And I, I thought a lot of her because she, she gave me a, pers- a perspective that a lot of people wouldn't see. But there's some really nasty elements in that industry. Just like there is in the restaurant industry. I stayed away from it. Outside of going, you know, after your shift, go out, get some beers, shoot some pool, throw some darts, watch a game, stuff like that. That's great. But a lot of people were doing more. And I would get invited to a lot of those parties, and I never went. And I missed out on a lot of, uh, probably a lot of experiences with some some really attractive girls. But I also missed out on a lot of drugs being around and people going to jail and some other things. Because I used my best judgment at the time and if it smelled funny i just didn't go uh, but th- the media needs to be more honest no more kids glove with the media and and rap concerts and and the violence that is within that community and i'm sure the people who most want to clean that crap up are the people who are actually legitimate rappers they want to make a career that's their art that their that's their craft that's how they want to make their living but you got to stay away from the illegal firearms 
if you're going to own a gun, carry a gun, get permission, do it right, do it the legal way, and you're good. But if you're not doing that, you're not helping anybody. And ultimately, you're going to be remembered just as a thug. Don't do that. All right. That's my sermon for the day. Now, for the final story of the day, let's go to Brandeis College, where there's a dean there, an assistant dean at Brandeis University on Instagram said that all white people are racist. Uh, the university official invoked a, you're going to be shocked what they invoked, actually invoked something called critical race theory, which the left tells us is wonderful and truth and empowering and love and all oh, we have to have it. When in fact, it's just Marxist trash. Robert Schmad, the Georgia campus correspondent at Campus Reform, wrote this piece for, again, Campus Reform. Kate Slater, who is the Assistant Dean of Graduate Student Affairs at Brandeis University, posted on Instagram that all white people are racists and that she hates her whiteness. So she hates herself. Well, I don't know you, Kate. I've never met you. But I'll tell you, I've read like a sentence you said or two. And I already don't like you ass either. Because you seem like a real pain in the butt. You sound like a very angry, bitter, and frankly, stupid human being who has no ability to look at people as they are. You see people for their skin color, probably for their gender. And that makes you a very stupid, stupid, stupid human being. This post has been taken down and the account made private after Slater's initial posting in May. And uh, apparently, yeah, she took her, her, twi- her tweet down. And by the way, I'm back on Twitter. I was banned for, for a few days until I appealed for basically agreeing with a liberal on something and it, it was about a fight at a basketball game years ago when a player named Vernon Maxwell, these two fans were harassing him the whole game. Him and his wife had just lost a baby to miscarriage. And one of the men finally, I guess, trying to prove what a badass he was, yelled, started yelling things about Maxwell's dead child. And quite naturally, and to me, uh, all approved, Maxwell went to stands and broke his jaw. And I, I too bad he didn't break both his, both sides of his jaw, quite frankly. People like that are trash. If you're going to go to a game to do that, you know what? Don't go. And I don't want to hear how much you pay for the ticket. I actually told at a Ranger, Texas Ranger game, this, this fan, like two rows in front of me, we were out in the bleachers, and he's every time Juan Williams took the field, in the outfield, he would just berate him and berate him and berate him. And finally I said, dude, will you shut up? And he turned around and looked at me. He said, you know how much I paid for this blinking seat? I said, I know how much I paid for this blinking seat as much you did. Now turn around, sit down, and shut up. And I couldn't believe I was that angry. And ushers came over and other people had complained. I thought, oh, great, I'm going to get kicked out now. But they actually kicked this bum out. I think Jack Daniels had given him some courage. 
But Slater, let's get back to her from one dumbass to another. Slater, who described herself as an anti-racist scholar and educator, made her comments in support of critical race theory. And I don't know why I keep slipping into an Irish accent. I think it's the rolling R thing. A spokesperson for the Young Americans for Liberty at Brandeis University told Campus Reform that it is clear that the dean's comments are fueled by anger and ignorance, explaining that the way she addresses the problem she seeks to resolve are unhelpful and divisive. I would have used stronger language, but that's me. The most disheartening thing about the dean's words, uh, the YAL chapter spokesperson continued, is that by encouraging this line of thinking, she is only stifling genuine and productive discussion of these matters and thus the resolution of the problems that she seeks to solve. Young man, you'll probably, or young woman, I don't know, you'll probably learn one day that people like that don't want to solve problems. They want to glorify themselves. Maybe they want to get famous. Maybe they want to glorify themselves, whatever. Uh, but they're about them, and or they're just twisted mentally. And they're all about them. They don't care about anybody's problems. They would rather everyone have problems in their community they claim to care about, or the gender, or whatever they care, claim to care about, They'd rather all them suffer so they could glorify themselves and run others down and run America down. Because anyone invested mentally in critical race theory is mentally ill and they hate America. Two rules you cannot refute. Just to give you some advice there, sir or madam, whoever wrote that. Now, I got some a few minutes here. And I, I don't know why I started stuttering. Excuse me. I was possessed by Porky Pig for a minute. How about uh, how about the top five athletes who are underrated, in my view, by the sports media, by a lot of sports fans? And I'm trying to think of, of the fourth and fifth. I got three almost right off the bat. I thought of this the other day, and I said, you know what? Walter Payton, it, he's the second leading rusher of all time in NFL, was the leading rusher until Emmett Smith broke his record. He could throw a football. He could catch passes. He caught close to 500 passes. Back in a time when there wasn't a lot of throwing in the NFL, it was a lot more running. He ran. He ran over people. He ran around people, through people, over people, by people. He was incredible, and he wasn't a big guy to be so physical a runner. He's not nearly as appreciated as he should be. <clears throat> and I want to change the criteria here. The most underrated and most overrated. Just the five that are, for whatever reason. And let's go to an overrated one, again, from the NFL. You know, I like Joe Namath, but to be honest, Joe Namath had a good career at Alabama. Won at least one national title. Uh, he was a good-looking guy, got a lot of women. He won Super Bowl three, but let's be honest, Jets fans. Namath had a decent game, yes, but the Colts beat themselves. The Colts had, what, six turnovers in that game? They missed two field goals, I believe. They also dropped a wide-open touchdown pass. There was was it the receiver, remember, way at Super Bowl three highlights, waving his arm wide open. They missed him. So, yeah. And the, the, the Jets still won by, what, three field goals? If the Colts had played half a game, they'd have beaten the Jets. And the rest of his career, sorry, Joe Namath does not ever deserve to be mentioned at the level of greatness he is he is apprised at by many, okay? The Colts beat themselves. Get over it. 
another underrated superstar to me, and it, it puzzles me. Actually, there's two <clears throat> I will mention. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all-time leading scorer, third leading all-time rebounder, six league MVPs, six championships, four other appearances in the finals. And he's never mentioned among the greatest of all time. He doesn't enter the conversation. The conversation goes, is it Michael Jordan? Can we call LeBron that maybe, or maybe this guy over here? Why is Kareem not mentioned? Why is Walt Chamberlain not mentioned? Why is Dr. J not mentioned? Julius Irving. He literally took the game to new levels. And I can watch a video of, of, of Julius, who retired at 87. He's been retired going on three and a half decades now. The man was incredible, offensively unstoppable. He's still the eighth all-time leading scorer in, in professional basketball history. He's one of only eight or nine people over 30,000 points. He also had over 10,000 rebounds, over 5,000 assists, over 2,000 steals, over 2,000 blocks. And he's the only player I've ever seen personally carry a team to a league championship. That was the 76 Nets. He would led them in every single category, blocks, rebounds, steals, assists, scoring, free throw percentage, field goals, everything. And they beat a very good Nuggets team in the last ABA Finals. But Julius gets overlooked. But you know who doesn't overlook Julius Irving or Kareem? Listen to the players who played, watched them playing when they were growing up. Listen to Michael Jordan. Listen to... Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, people like that, Dominique Wilkins, Charles Barkley. They idolized these men. Charles Barkley said he didn't even know how to approach, begin to approach Dr. J when he was drafted in 84 to play with them on the Sixer team. He was asking, how do, how do I talk to him? <laughs> just go talk to him. He's just a man, very nice man. Uh, so if you just watch some Julia Serving highlights and some Walter Payton highlights, and marvelous, marvelous athletes who deserve to be in the in the uh, discussion, greatest of all time at what they did. And then there's number five. Then there's number five. And let's talk about college coaches, still in the realm of sports, specifically college football coaches. We hear about who's the best, who's the best, who's, you know, and we think of all these great names, Bear Bryant and, uh, and many others, Tom Osborne. Seems that Steve Spurrier gets overlooked. Steve Spurrier at Florida, let's look at the numbers. He took Florida to where they always should have been. Some coach, I believe it was Bear Bryant, said when he was coaching Alabama, if Florida ever gets a coach who can take the talent and put it, translate it, they're going to be dominant. Steve Spurrier came to Florida in 1990. They won six of seven SEC championships. They won a national title, played for another national title. They won the first five SEC East divisions. And you see what they were under Urban Meyer. It's always been that way. But Spurrier won at Duke. He won at South Carolina. He won in the USFL in one of the spring leagues that I think they're defunct now, but last year came out, last couple of years, he coached one of those teams to the championship. Spurrier, just a brilliant guy, very competitive guy, too. So don't forget about these, these folks. They kind of get dusted over somehow, and I hate that. Now, my friends, if you want to contribute to the thedailygator.com, the Daily Gator Daily Thought podcast, 
Go to thedelegator.com, first post, hit the PayPal button. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Your money is well spent, believe me. And if you want to support the podcast, same thing, you can do that. You can also sign up and subscribe, and every month you can give a donation to the uh, to the Delegator Daily Thought Podcast. And help me offend liberals, folks, and leftists especially. Liberals are usually nice. Leftists are just, they're angry. Remember the three golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. God bless our veterans on this military day. Our, our Memorial Day, excuse me. And of course, always, go Gators. Y'all take care. We'll talk to you next time. Morning, noon, or night. I appreciate it. Take care, my friends. God bless our veterans and heroes for the military. <laughs>